Thank you for that share. Thank you. So did everyone hear some of the things that made that experience a 10 for them? Did any of that sound familiar to the things we've been telling you for the last two days? <laughs> right? So, you know, take, take heart and take pace with all of this. You know, London and I sat in the back of her. First, we sat in seats just like you are learning this for many years. And then we sat in the back of the room like Lisa for many years. And you could be in these rooms for six and seven years. And you hear the same thing you heard a thousand times. And then suddenly it just goes, dunk. Oh, that's what they mean? <laughs> I know what that is now. But it doesn't actually penetrate until you've heard it a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand times that it actually begins to seep into your system and you start to recognize, no, this way of life is absolutely available to all of you right now. This is not out of anyone's grasp. Mm. Right? But sometimes we just have to hear it or experience it or move it through a body so many times before suddenly it becomes our own. Could you talk a little bit about kind of when you first came into this way of life, when you first started bringing these things into your relationship, like, you know, you mentioned, like, things that were clicking, like, what clicked for you, and like, what, what were some of the things that kind of worked for you as you were moving through this? Hmm. Well, I want to make sure that, you know, we really get to the heart of this. This is going to be our last Q&A session, so I'm happy to answer this. How many of you would feel it would be valuable to hear an answer to that question? How many of you would really want to hear that answer? Raise your hand if you'd want to hear that. Raise them high so I could see them. can't really tell. Okay. We'll, we'll go there a little bit, but I don't want to deviate. I want to make sure I really get to the heart of what you're saying. Um, so why are you asking this question just so I can understand? Personally, I'm new to this, and I feel like I'm picking up on it quickly. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm kind of seeing, you, know, you, see a, you see a teaching, okay, well, they weren't always there, as you mentioned. This is kind of why I was asking And I guess I was just kind of curious, what was it for you on this path that like, clicked for you, and I guess made you keep going, I guess is really what I was born with an inclination for spiritual and esoteric practices. From a very, very young age, I began meditating and doing a lot of this work uh, by myself. You know, by the age of 10, I would moved into the basement of my home. I had a big family with lots of people in it. And I would turn off the lights and I'd meditate for hours at a time. None of my friends did this. None of uh, anyone I knew did this. For some reason, I just gravitated towards this. And typically, the people who find themselves in these rooms have similar experiences, yeah? Do you guys find yourselves gravitated towards the spiritual, the esoteric, where you can sense there's something more than just this, yeah? So I find that the people who end up in these rooms have had experiences or had that inclination inside of them all along. So I've always had that. And um, for me, these practices was just play. What can I do with my consciousness? What can I do with my mind? How far can I take it? And I took that into like extensive drugging. I mean, I've taken every drug under the sun, in, not in the vein of drugging, but in the vein of what can I do with my mind? What's possible? And I just consume everything for 18 years straight. I wouldn't go a month without taking a good amount of psychedelics into my body and other substances. 
So exploring consciousness was always fascinating to me because I wanted to know what this was. But I went most of my life thinking that my spiritual practice was something that would always be subjective and just my own. Something I could never talk to anyone about. My friends would come over and they'd see my altar and all that. They wouldn't even ask me about it. That's why I love my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd just be like, yeah, Justin's fucking weird, whatever. <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, I love you guys. And I didn't need anybody to be in it. And I was just like, that was just who I was. Um, and I was convinced I'd never, have a, I'd never have a girlfriend who I'd share it with. I would never talk to anybody about it because I didn't for the most of my life. And then when I met London, it was just this very strange connection. Um, where suddenly I felt an invitation for that part of me to be present, that she wasn't afraid of it, that she actually enjoyed that. And on one of our earlier dates, you know, when we actually, we were friends at first, we had no intention of dating. She actually found me repulsive when we first met. I was repulsive when we first met. <laughs> but when we were around each other, just something chemically just clicked, right? We talk about the alpha and omega. We didn't get too much into the scales, but it's like our body minds knew this already. Right? We, have, we have this unique code and exchange of alpha and omega that just works really well here. So one day I bring her to my place and we're laying on bed and I've never done this with anyone. But suddenly I get over her body and I begin subtle body massaging her just like you guys did in this workshop. And her eyes were closed and my mind was blown because I'd never done this. It's spontaneously happening and her body's moving with every gesture I make. And I'm like... She's fucking looking. Like, no, no way. <laughs> no, like, you know, I'm like putting my hands back. I'm like, what's going on here? And she's just completely in sync with everything I'm doing. And in that moment, it was like, whoa, this part of me can play here. And that's when she told me she was a sex witch and suddenly, in <laughs> and suddenly invited me into her sex cult. <laughs> So, <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm at a workshop just like you guys are at. <laughs> and they're talking about this presence junk and consciousness and trust and all this. But when I finally got into a practice and our eyes were connected and I began breathing and we started to synchronize and drop into something, suddenly those experiences I would have at a very young age in my meditations, all of those wonderful experiences of the divine, of something more profound than the mundane, ordinary life, suddenly I was sharing that experience with her. And that's when it clicked. Because I recognized that experience of divinity is not subjective. It's actually an objective reality that exists in the field. And the moment I felt I, I wasn't just there, she was there with me and we were there together. Whoa. And it made everything in my life up to that point make sense. And the moment I experienced that, my entire life changed.
I kept coming back. I had a talent for it, like you described, feeling a natural talent for it. My teachers noticed. They wanted me to do what Lisa's doing. And I continued and continued, and now, now I'm here. Now I'm, I've dedicated my entire life to it. I live and breathe this, and this is my life. I wouldn't want to live any other way. So I want to open the floor to anyone who hasn't really had a chance to talk, share, or ask a question yet. And you know, also, if there's like things you're wanting to inquire about when you go home, like practices, like how do I actually bring this into my life? We talked quite a bit about that, but you know, if there's still questions in that area, this is a good time to bring those. So for many of the quiet people, yeah. So I know there's, there's more to your question and I want to drill into it. <clears throat> Alpha and Omega are constantly happening and informing every moment. So Alpha and Omega energies are the circumstance. They are the case, right? This is why a pop star, everyone wants to see them on stage because they shine so brightly. All the eyeballs go, yo, I want to go see what's going on over there. So man or woman, you light up a fucking stage. That's your Omega gift to the world, right? And some people bring that, and it's a, you know, I mean, like, I love watching videos of Adele sing. I mean, the way she lights, she's like a fucking supernova when she sings. Have you seen this? So that's her omega energy in the world. And then whether you're a man or woman, you can bring alpha to the world. You could be a badass business person, a CEO. You know, you can be an executive. You can be making decisions and telling people what to do. You could be building that next technology or that system or that structure or going to the moon, right? All of that's that alpha principle of building, scaffolding, and mission, direction at all costs, right? So that's that alpha principle in everything that we do, in everything that we do. So today, more than ever, Men and women are able to play that alpha role and make a living and do what they want to do. And men and women are able to play that omega role and do what they want to do. I mean, how many men can become Instagram celebrities or YouTube celebrities based on their radiance, based on how much they shine? If you're following someone because they're photos, you're following them for their radiance, right? So people can monetize and make a life whether they go the alpha or omega path as a man or woman. So I bring that up because, you know, Alpha and Omega are always at play, but I want to get to the heart of what you're asking. So where's your question inside of this? Yeah, I mean, what is, for example, for men, I mean, if I'm not intentional, that I can maybe, if I don't have a certain intention, I might penetrate a woman with my presence, that it might impact her yeah. if I'm not aware of the conscious of the moment. Yeah. Literally have an impact on the hard end. 
Absolutely. So you, you're observing that you're penetrating a woman in a moment with your attention. It's opening her and you don't mean to have that effect, but you're feeling that. And now there's, there's awareness and sensitivity around that that you're describing. And now you're feeling like, how do I be more in integrity with this? Is that your inquiry? It's excellent practice. I mean, women, how, how, make a sound how that makes you feel in your body. So that's something that's immediately soothing to her soul, particularly when she walks around and gets all the time, right? It's always like a... Have you ever walked around in West Hollywood before? (laughs) Do you know that feeling? It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's a reality check real quick, isn't it? You go, whoa, that's what I've been doing? Jeez. Hmm. Right? So when I started practicing all of this, I was telling my story, I would just live and breathe these practices, and I was kind of like a fire hose, you know what I mean? Just like, I was, you know, ready to breathe and fuck anything that moved. You know, I just had this like, ah! And in all the workshops, everyone's like, this is wonderful, it's great, yes, 10, keep bringing this, keep bringing this. The second I walk out into the world, it didn't really go that way. All, <laughs> all the dudes I connected eyes with wanted to fight me immediately. They couldn't tell if they wanted to fight me or fuck me. And because they were so confused about it, it really made them mad. True story. <clears throat> but, but as you start to do this work, you get under the impression, well, my consciousness is a gift. You know, when I am that way, it's such a gift. It's such a gift. Why not give this gift to the world? Well, does the world really want to be opened by you? Does it really want to be fucked open by you? Does someone even want to be opened at all? Most people don't want to be opened. They might want to deep, 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 deep down, but they need to do some, some work, some layers before they can even feel that part of themselves. Do you know what I mean? This relates to what even Eric was talking about earlier in dating. So what started to happen is <clears throat> I'd walk out like this fire hose and I'd just be creating arcs, you know, as London and I would call them. So I might walk into a space, like walk into the pet shop and suddenly there's a girl in there. And just my embodiment and presence, it's like, arc! And you could feel bloom in her the possibility that I might be available. And I'm there with London. Do you know what I mean? So there was a degree in me where I was pretty unconscious about what I was creating. As you're, you know, how do I be in integrity with this gift? And I didn't mean to cause harm, but was I? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what unconsciousness is. We're unconscious of the harm we're creating. That's what makes it unconsciousness. You can't know. So the gift that London gave me is she started showing me her heart in those moments, like how it was making her feel. And she started to awaken me to what was going on. And I had to be, you know, I had to bring humility to it because your first impression is, ah, you're crazy. That's not happening. That's not what happened. No, that's not going on. You know, you want to, but you just continue to trust her heart and her feelings. You're just like, that is what happened here. That is out of integrity. That's not the person I want to be. 
So over time, I learned how to bring my energy down, 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 down to the point where I can make myself virtually invisible. When I'm out in the world, I won't even make eye contact with most people because I know that I've trained this to be something. And unless I'm working with a client or working with you guys or with my woman, I'm not going to turn that fire hose on. You know, that's for us. So I don't create arcs. You know, that's, and that's my integrity. When I work with women, you're not going to feel that fucking arc with me. You know what I mean? Sometimes we'll do formal practice where London guides me and someone in practice, and that's intentional. That's a bringing of the gift in that moment. But that's clean, just like you do here. You bow and it's done. So my life has been about not creating any unconscious arcs. How do I be clean? And once I started living that way, a whole different kind of life force started coming back online for me. A life force I didn't even know was missing. My attention was here and there and this and that desire, tantalus. Oh, I want some of that. I want some of this. I want some of this, whether it's this or it's that, or I want to be seen in this way. You know, all of this. I want attention, appreciation, this, this, this from this person, this person. The moment I stopped trying to get it from out there and I brought all of that here, all of that here. Any desire that I have for any flavor of sexual energy, I turn it towards her. And together we find that sexual energy. So a big part in our growth in this gift was as I was out in the world and I would experience energies or flavors that I found sexually attractive or delicious, I might even point them out to London. You know, she was in a point where that was very available in our relationship. Or I would buy her a piece of clothing, or I'd say I would need this flavor, but I constantly referenced it inside of her as a part of her that I could access. The trick is men get caught up in, oh, it's in her, it's in her, it's in her, it's in her, and I need that woman to get that flavor. No, you don't. You need how to know how to unlock that flavor in your woman is what you need to know. That was a game changer. Once I knew I could have every flavor through my woman, I fucking rooted in the ground, 600 feet in the earth. When I make love to her, I make love to every flavor of the universe. I taste the mountains, the sky, the stars, every flavor of woman, every color, every texture through her. And she knows that, and she loves being my everything. So that was our work that we did through this practice. That was our commitment to each other, to give me full permission in my desires to not suppress any of them. As she awoken every part of herself to become my everything. She is my everything. She's my fucking heart. She emotes my emotions through her body. I mean, it's... So you're already doing the work and just being sensitive enough and aware enough to recognize that's being created and it might not be the highest expression of your integrity in the world. I can't give you further guidance than that other than recognize that is a superpower you've cultivated and will continue to cultivate and use it wisely. Having a pretty attention, and to your point, I would often go around, I think unconsciously, like 
now I have the insight of, well, they might see me like a better, more whole, more conscious, more loving person. I think I wanted to create that. I wanted to get the validation back. Mm -hmm. So I'd almost open myself up more so they can see that and I would get the feedback in the way. And, and as you're dating out in the world, the way you do this with integrity, your signal. So it's like, you're walking, you walk into a room like this and you just kind of feel the room, right? And now just out of curiosity, as you scan the room right now, feel the women's energy and, and really look at them. Like see the women, look at them, feel their energy. And where would it feel best to sit in the room? And just kind of point in the general area. Where would, where would your nervous system go? I want to sit right there. That feels good. Right in there? Good, good. So just feel that. And you go, okay, I, that's where I want to be. I want to spend my time in that space. And then you'd physically move into that space, see how this feels. And you'd start... Can I bring my presence here? Is that appropriate? And if you're interested in actually opening this woman's heart, opening her to find out, then that's an integrity. You can open her. But you open her at the pace and the tempo that's in integrity with you and what's happening in that moment, right? Sometimes that'll go open real quick and sometimes it's a slow process. But if you're genuinely still curious, what's inside of you? What's inside of you? You can continue to bring that presence. And if she's receptive to it, responsive to it, opening to it. That's your yes, that's your yes, that's your yes. And you continue down that path with her and then you'll find those roadblocks. Some of those roadblocks are just her closure and she wants you to bust through them. Some of those roadblocks, you need to just be like, oh, this is a roadblock there, that's fine. You know, wait for her. Sometimes those roadblocks are a no, it's game over. Uh, you know, this isn't fit. And then you move on. But it's that energetic process of feeling into and finding so you're not constantly holding back your gift. Does that make sense? It does. It also connects clearly to the pickup artist connection you're making because I think they'll just go around opening women without even understanding you having. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we've done much time, but I think this question would be helpful for a lot of people to know. Following on that is when we, outside of this workshop, obviously, which is happening soon, um, come to a a future partner who knows nothing about this. What is your recommendation? And obviously, it would be different, uh, you know, for uh, alpha or to approach it that way. I'm coming from an alpha to say, what's the best way to approach that and bring this into a relationship with uh, a lady who knows nothing about it, besides enrolling them in this workshop? <laughs> well, a lot of people do that, and that's, that's fine. You can enroll them in a workshop. Hey, you want to go to a workshop, learn this shit? A lot of people do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, it's the obvious move for sure. Especially when he, <laughs> that's what she did, yeah, that's exactly what she did. Look at me now. <laughs> Hook, line, stinker. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, 
Before that happens, though, introducing this, yeah. uh, you know, some things could be done. I, if I can remember a, a third of, a tenth of this, I'd be very happy. Right. You know, some, I'd have to be very basic. So, um, no, 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 it's a, it's a perfect question. And I try and answer this the best I can every time. Um, but it's difficult to really get it to land. Um, so a lot of people will go, hey, I know about this work. There's this book. I do this thing. We do this practice. Do you want to sit down with me and do this practice? I know it's going to feel a little weird, but let's just sit down with me. Trust me. Let's do this practice. Da, da, da. So it's, it's removed from the work. As London said earlier, if you're talking about it, you're not it. Do you remember that? That's how a lot of people tend to approach it, and I don't think it goes very well for a lot of them. It feels inauthentic, it feels forced. It's like, are you trying to fix me? What do you want to do? You know, like there's a clunkiness to it. Instead, you can take everything you just learned and start by creating a space in your home. You already have one that would facilitate this type of experience that you're having now. So in our home, we have a practice room with a beautiful, you know, plush rug. It's my favorite rug on the planet. I mean, we, we do two body, one body practice there. And it's just, it's such a wonderful space just to sit in. Do you know what I mean? Like just to sit on these cushions and just be in there. It feels good. Make a space that's your sacred space that feels good. You know, have that round rug that once you step onto that space, that's a sacred space. Now, if you aren't comfortable on the cushion or in that space, it's going to feel awkward when you try and med- get in a meditative per- uh, position in front of a stranger, right? Right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm very comfortable in this. I could be around anyone and suddenly pop down in this position, and I'm cool. You know, it might seem strange to other people, but it's because I'm comfortable here in this world that creates an invitation for someone else to be comfortable in it with me. Do you see what I'm saying? So we don't have to necessarily practice. I could pour some tea. Say, hey, you want to sit with me? And we sit down on the cushions and we have some tea going. We pour some tea and I serve her tea. You know, I don't know if you've done tea ceremony, but that's what this is, you know? And you just share tea. And as you're sharing tea, you're breathing with her. You're looking at her but no longer than is too intense for her, right? That look can create a little polarity. So when you feel the fire burn, if she starts to feel like this is awkward, this is weird, you're doing too much. So relax the eye contact. Give her a minute. Keep breathing her. And you invite her into your practice because you're doing the practice. You don't need to tell her anything. Why does she need to know what you're doing? Just do it. How, women, how many of you would appreciate that more than a man explaining the practice to you and trying to bring you to a workshop? Yeah. So I can't give you the specifics because you have to find your own authentic relationship to it. But make it real for you. What are you really calling this woman into? Create that space first. Get really comfortable in it and then be like, hey, come over here. Check this out. And just be with her in that presence. Start to then create the polarity you're learning how to do here without saying a word. See what happens. Is she down? Is she not? And very quickly you'll find out who's who. But you are that gravity. You're that black hole. This is what I'm about. You want to go for the ride? 
No, that's okay. I'm patient. <laughs> so does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah? All right, cool. Um, Any? Just to clarify, you know, I didn't invite him to a workshop. We got to the point of combining, and he went, what the fuck? And I went, oh, well, that's this thing I do. So it was the same thing he just said to you, because did you notice how he told you first he did subtle body massage? And then a couple other things happened, and then he was just like, what am I feeling in you? Like, why are you so different? But I didn't ever bring it up, because I didn't think he, I mean, I didn't bring it up not out of manipulation. I didn't think he needed to be fixed. He was fucking amazing. Well, he was abominable. And <laughs> you know, it was like a whole thing. <laughs> but he never got the idea that we were going to that workshop because I wanted to rehab him. That's right. Never did I he feel that. He would have never been interested. That's right. So I just want to make sure that clarity is present so you really understand. Like, he became wildly curious about what was so unique. Like, he couldn't even make sense of what was happening to him. So he began to ask me questions about it, and then I was very forthright, you know, oh, I'm super passionate about this thing. But it was his choice, sort of. I mean, you know, he wasn't all excited to go to a workshop. I mean, he was like, you know. You did by example. It was his curiosity that I answered. There was a little bit of dragging to the workshop. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's like, I don't need a workshop. And I was like, I know you don't. But An don't intimacy need. workshop? <laughs> Ugh. He literally said the words, who studies intimacy? <laughs> Never in a million years would you think this was happening. single women, you know, because uh, I get this question all the time. You're right, that is a great question. And I hear it constantly. And it's like you're, you're just being you. And then if they are going, what is that you? What is that aspect of you that I've never felt before? It's a natural opening. Mm -hmm. That also really speaks to me how deep you were in your Omega practice at that point. Because you hadn't, you guys were already doing subtle body massage and making love prior to his invitation there, and you hadn't shared what you one were one thing. You it might make you wonder. About it might make you wonder why did he even do subtle body massage? I didn't ask. <laughs> you guys get that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how magnetic you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and had you talked about it, that's that not it. Quite a cocktail. Yeah, we would have never, yeah. never. That's cool. So, thank you for saying that because also for everyone in here, you know, words are like one one hundredth of what we're speaking. Mm -hmm. 
when you let the body become the thing. It's truly beautiful what can occur. If you get burned out in internet dating and you think, this isn't for me, but what would be there for me? A lot of vortex type stuff. You wouldn't believe the stories we hear along our journey of, I dropped into this thing and he appeared. I dropped into this thing and there she was. Because there's so much communication happening beyond profile creating. And I don't have a bad thing on internet dating because internet dating is the only reason why I even considered somebody 15 years younger than me. Because I got everything I wanted on paper again and again and again and I was like, ain't it, ain't it. But this douchebag that I met the other day definitely has a consciousness. Like, 12 women that he's seeing simultaneously who all know about each other and they just want their night and I want nothing to do with that but man that consciousness and I'm just not gonna worry about this and I'm just gonna be me and then the next thing you know we're here like there's no way I would have signed up for that shit but the universe just orchestrated the molecules were you really clear on your desire at that point? No, nope. I was in full surrender to meet the moment. Mm-hmm. If I had been clear on my desire, I would have not given Justin a chance in fucking hell. Mm-hmm. I would have been very clear that that's not what I want. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a player. Mm-hmm. Not even a little. I don't want a man 15 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like worrying about whether I have wrinkles. I wasn't a cougar. Mm-hmm. at all. It was no element of like being getting off on younger guys. But desire for partnership or no to that No, nope. I gave the, I was doing the practice I gave um, Eric earlier. I was so royally fucked by my own practice, I didn't need a man. Mm-hmm. But I was certainly enjoying, like Justin and I would just have these conversations and I would fully bask in receiving because I could feel what he'd been doing since 10 years old. I could feel the terrain he had trekked. Mm-hmm. And like the part of me that was like literally the nectar that a hummingbird would go for, because that's what I was cultivating, was just so turned on by the places he knew. Mm-hmm. And then there was all the garbage about what he was doing with his dick. like truly like dedicating 95% of his life force to tackling every last sniff along the way and it was like totally incongruent Um, and so I didn't worry about that I just was able to really appreciate who he was that I could feel and then not get involved like I didn't trust him around my sexuality, so I was a no. I don't even know how it happened. I just was so landed, meeting moment by moment in full raw authenticity. And it's like hard to remember, truthfully. Mm-hmm. I had zero agenda. Mm-hmm. This is the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Yep, like really, truly zero agenda. I, I was fucked beyond measure by big alpha in the sky. Mm-hmm. I was fucked by Shakti. Mm-hmm. I have one more question. So when you were internet dating, was it, did that, it wasn't going well, or you were just kind of like meh? Actually, did you dry out from that? I was fully in that moment too. I used internet dating like sport. So I would, and I'm a bikini, right? So I'm working on embodiments. I'm working on no with an open heart, for example. I would agree to all these dates. I would only agree to coffee. And my goal was to use my discernment. How quickly can I size this guy up? Like, kind of what you guys are speaking to, like, you know. You're going to invest a little bit to see what potential is there. I could know the potential of like the next seven years in one conversation. And then I would, um, I would work on my ability to express my no with an open heart. So I wouldn't stay and tolerate bullshit. So as soon as I realized this was a no, and all we got was coffee, you know, I would just be like, listen, I, and I would be working on my body. I so appreciate you meeting me. And... I just know this isn't for me. So I think it's probably better if we don't continue. How do you feel about that? And he'd be like, wow, thank you. You know, thanks for telling me. Why? And then I'd be like, well, and here you go. What I would need is, and I would practice my ability to immediately know what I would need from that guy to become his woman. Like as if I gave him a chance. And he would just be like, thank you. And then we would just hug and I'd be like, have a great life. And he wouldn't hit me up again. He wouldn't, I was so clear. Like I, I literally practiced every fucking skill. I remember this one guy, I really love humor. And um, this one guy wrote in his profile, like, I'm so funny. Everybody loves me for humor. And, um, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. you know. And we went and met for coffee. And he couldn't, like, he was so awkward and he couldn't even say anything. And I'm speaking to a couple of the women in this room right now who I whispered in your ears, and instead of me creating the date, I sat back in my chair and I didn't say anything either and I waited for him to find the lead. And I literally sat there for 15 minutes. He couldn't (laughs) even utter a word. The guy was trembling. And um, I just waited. With an open heart. He <laughs> say a fucking word. And 15 minutes in, he goes, "All right, well, I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna go now." <laughs> and I was like, "I did it!" You know, like I didn't bring the alpha. Like I didn't take over and make this work. Like I sat there and received what he created. I sat there and received it. And I didn't take over. <laughs> Driving home, like, I can't believe I did it. <laughs> so I think internet dating is amazing if you do it with love. You're not using these people, but you're, you get the opportunity to, like, you know, put yourself out there and experiment. And I always tell my private clients, like, when you do it with someone that you don't, you haven't fallen for, it's so much easier to develop the skill because then there's that one person that's going to sit in front of you. Well, maybe, you know, not in the beginning, but like <laughs> at one point there's that one person who's, who's in front of you and you don't want to lose their love. Mm-hmm. How are you going to find your no with an open heart then? 
NBA player doesn't learn a layup in the NBA playoffs. So I welcome internet dating. I would have never considered Justin if I hadn't tried on so many different, you know. But you were like, trying those on for your well, own. Well, I also had met a lot of guys that I'd be like, wow, like this is the guy. He's on paper, like, you know, he's so conscious. Talk about like, you know, didn't who in the workshop said something about trying so hard and it's repulsive? How hard they're trying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Justin said it. You know, I, I would like like they'd write a profile of consciousness, you know, and and they had just done so much men's work and they were like almost having an aneurysm with how hard they were trying. Believe <laughs> like, me, you know, and you're just like, think, you know, I feel all the mechanics. I can't feel any presence. There's no presence. There's zero polarity. There's just mechanics, like, in action, mm -hmm. like a formula. Mm -hmm. Another guy, I mean, I think he, like, flew me to, like, you know, uh, our first date was, like, he flew me somewhere. It was just, like, he was whining and dining me. And I was sitting in the restaurant just, like, this is, like, Cinderella stuff, and I don't feel anything. And then I meet this guy, he's just like the last person in the world, and I am like, your consciousness makes me want to f suck your cock. <laughs> it just sucks that there's 12 other women doing it. Shit wasn't perfect. It was really messy. Shit in our sex cult was really messy. I mean, we've been through everything. We've had six miscarriages. You know, if you read our book, he said breathing me, doing that last really gnarly one, was like breathing in shards of glass for him for how long? A long time. Like more than a half of a year. I mean, I could barely get over that one. We have been through hell and back together. The yoga cleans the pool. Not to make it, you know, a joke, but like that pool filter is real. Mm. Having a two-year-old is hell. I mean, there's just no space for us. That's why we wake up at five to practice. She's worth it. She's amazing. But it fucking turned our shit upside down. Hardcore. Mm -hmm. You know this. I can't even return phone calls anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're in it. We're in the blender. But we are passionately connecting anyway. 
I can honestly say I trust this man with my life today. I would walk into any dark corner and just not need to know what was behind that door because that's how much I trust this man. He has earned that. We're going to do one more question and then we're going to break before practice. Yeah, I actually have a question for you, Justin. Um, so I've been in this kind of work, men's work, polarity work, for about four years. And just what you were saying about like eye contact and the ability to create intimacy with people quickly and to build trust with people quickly. Um, and kind of the, like, the instrument that that is. Um, and, and the flavor that it is for a man. Um, and it's worked incredibly to my benefit because people, that people trust me quickly. Men want to, you know, like I built a men's movement in San Diego just based on being out and about. What, what, what are you doing? What can I do? And, um, and then I've had to learn discernment with women. Um, and, like, you know, learning to connect from the, the heart up. But I also suffer from like chronic fatigue and I'm going through this whole health thing. And it's a lot of energy to meet the moment and to meet people so intimately and authentically. Mm -hmm. And that's who I am, that's what I want to be. Um, but sometimes it feels like I have to close or cut it off or avoid and that hurts that kind of hurts my soul more than just being authentic and suffering whatever consequences come from it. Um, mm-hmm. So my question is how how do you kind of de-escalate the the skills that you develop without avoiding mm-hmm. How do I de-escalate the skills I've developed without avoiding them? I need you to be a little bit more specific on what you're saying here. I don't get the feeling that I de-escalate anything. I'm careful where I direct things. So if you could help me understand a little bit more what you're trying to say. Well, you said you rarely make eye contact with people. Correct. So if I go out to a restaurant or something, and the, the cashier or something, like I approach the cashier, it feels really important for me to embrace and feel and let her or him know, hi. 
I see you. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a it's just a, a natural inclination I have. Yeah. Um, and I can get caught in that. I can, you know, I can I can stay connected to people for too long. Sure. Um, it's well, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of focus. Well, so, so let me try and understand. Um, you know, the, my choice that I made around it isn't for everybody. You know, that's, that's the decision I made, and it works really well for me. You know, that's just my style. But like my best friend, he's just like that. Everyone he sees, he makes eye contact. He asks you how he's doing. He's this big, beautiful, black Caribbean guy. And just like he walks around, he's just this brightest fucking light. You know, and I love being around him. And when I'm with him, he's just that guy. He's just eye contact to everyone, just giving that love, you know. And whoever is around just feels love from him. That's beautiful, man. The world needs that. You know, the world needs that, that warm hello, that eye contact. That's a gift. That's beautiful. But what I'm hearing your question is you have that tendency in you, but it also drains you. And particularly, you're coming up with an edge physically where you're feeling if you go too far, you could drain yourself. And suddenly, that gift becomes a curse in and of itself. That your battery isn't being charged to the degree that you need, that you can continue to be that person in the world with confidence and do it well. Am I understanding that? So now you have to begin to respect what it takes to recharge your battery in order to be that person in the world. And a lot of things people won't do, men and women won't do, is they won't take the time they need to regenerate themselves. A lot of guys won't take the space away from their partner to go and be alone and sit and have that time to have nothing stimulating, to not be promising anything, but to really just regenerate themselves. And I don't mean like zoning out to Netflix. Sometimes that's medicine. But I'm talking about like really fucking do nothing. Like sit and do nothing. Because the more alpha you are, the more that nothing is going to charge you like a battery. It's like plugging into the universe. And you just become totally still, just like I taught you in this workshop. Just feel sensation. Don't add or react. Do that for an hour every single day. Tell me how you start to feel. Now, if your physical sickness prevents you even from sitting up like this for an hour, you can sit like this for a while, and then you can lie down on your back a little bit. Don't want to fall asleep. Fall asleep won't have that same recharging effect. It's a different kind of charge. But continue to meditate where you're just feeling and not adding any action to the moment. Don't try and recharge by zoning out or playing a video game or anything like that. Those have their own functions, but they're not it. They're not the thing that gets the fucking battery charged. And the more alpha someone is and the older you get, the more you age and your body needs this, the more of that time you're going to need. The more of that time you're going to need to be solo and quiet and no stimulation, nothing. And you're just going to feel the fucking universe charging you up. You know, you give yourself a week of that and you'll be like, oh man, I'm ready to talk to some fucking people. I'm ready for some eye contact, man. Me, I'm never ready for that. <laughs> I'll just keep doing this. <laughs> but you got your thing, man, you know? But I think at this point, as you feel yourself starting to age and those physical limitations coming up for real, they're not going to stop. All of us are going to face those. Your bodies are going to decay on you. There's no stopping that. So here we're learning something that transcends the limitations of our humanity. 
And how does this gift of consciousness or this gift of your love or your radiance continue to shine just as bright, if not more brightly, as you age, as your body starts to decay? How does your breath, just as sensitive, just as deep, even if you struggle to breathe deeply, you can fuck with that breath regardless, right? We don't need to force anything. So as you continue that practice, one, honor what your body needs and really give yourself permission to recharge. Sometimes that feels like tearing the band-aid off of the relationship and being like, babe, I'm gonna be gone for 10 days. <laughs> you got this? And what does she say? And why do you got it? Why is that okay with you? Because I'm standing for you. Devotion. I don't want to cut it. (laughs) (laughs) And what I've found is when I go and I give myself that, if that experience brings me back and I'm a better man as a result of that, that I'm suddenly more present with her, that I'm able to be with her and breathe with her deeper because of that time I took, she knows that was a gift to me and to her for the greater good, right? And over time I learned there's a difference between fucking off with my best friends and coming back depleted, sick, shot, unable and available to connect with her. Shallow. Right, shallow. (laughs) Versus when I would go do something that authentically charged me and brought me back. And now my definition of a good time is a retreat. You know, I will disappear into that. And that's, that's my birthday present every year as I go on retreat. That's all I want. But it's because when I return, she feels the fruits of that. I do come back a better man as a result of that. See what I mean? And you start to learn what's actually medicine for you and what's just garbage, what's just fucking off, right? And that becomes your compass and she helps you figure that out. But she heals you in that process. Mm. You hear that? Cool, man. Mm. And would that be be okay with you? Yeah. So you got support in that too, man. Thank you for bringing that. It was a good piece.